Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to take your body care routine to the next level. Introducing Osea's bestseller body care set. The perfect companion for your summer travels. This four-piece kit transforms dry skin to silky, soft, and glowing. It features travel sizes of Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil and Body Butter, clinically proven to improve skin elasticity, along with their anti-aging body balm and salts-of-the-earth body scrub. And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat yourself to glowing, healthy skin this summer with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, you can get the best seller's body care set valued at $78 for 33% off. Use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 146 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-host, Linda Sarovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. So a lot of things have happened since we last recorded, actually, since we're now in the off-season, you know, schedule for the podcast. Um, The Mets, primarily among them, the Mets signed Edwin Diaz to a (laughs) five-year, $102 million contract which is fantastic news. Um, that happened before, like, you know, free agency even began. Um, and so clearly the mutual interest was very high on yes. for both sides. <laughs> Those reports <laughs> were clearly real. Uh, the mutual interest between the Mets and Edwin Diaz, that was clearly real. Um, the contract includes an opt-out after the third year and a full no-trade clause. Um, so at least for the next three years, Edwin Diaz remains a New York Met, which is very good news. Um, we get the trumpets for three more years. <laughs> Alexa Plainarco for three more years. Fantastic. I want um, to be trumpet there opening day. 
I know, right? We need it. We, we need do. it. Um, like, he just posted a tweet where there's like fire coming out of his trumpet. I want that opening day. And if ugh. not, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> I mean, tr- on opening, actual opening day, the Mets open in Miami. Oh. Um, but well, for the so home fun. opener. The fine home opener. <laughs> I should do it. Um, this was an obvious move to do. <laughs> yes. Um, of the, like, you know, obviously of the, you know, pending free agents, I think Edwin Diaz was the highest priority for the Mets and also was the guy who was most interested in returning. Um, so this was kind of a no-brainer first move to the offseason, but it was great. Um, they really, you know, there really wasn't a way to replace him. I mean, yeah, sure, there were other other relievers out there, but... A, none of them were as good as Diaz. And B, if you look around at what other relievers have been getting, notably Rafael Montero, former Met, um, now World Series winner, congratulations to Rafael Montero, um, got a very hefty contract for, you know, someone who has not, who is who is now a World Series winner and was very successful this year, but does not have a very long track record of being an elite back end reliever, um, got a three year, a hefty three year contract from the Houston Astros. Um, well, and it was also nice to see too, because Sandy's MO was really never paying for bullpen help. So the Mets right. always had a, a bad bullpen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if you can't nice be them actually investing in the bullpen and you because either way you had to pay for a closer so you might as well just keep the best in the league exactly um and we've said over and over on this podcast like if you can't develop internal guys like that and you know the Mets couldn't fix Rafael Montero the way the Astros did Mm -hmm. so if you can't do that then you have to pay for free agency you have to do one or the other and if the Mets are just going to pay money to have a bullpen every year that's fine um but I think that they realized that Edwin Diaz was absolutely essential to the team's success and they've brought him back. Um, but of course, we immediately got an article from Keith Law at The Athletic mm-hmm. about why giving him the contract was bad and the Mets didn't learn from their mistakes and it was bad and he's overpaid. Um, because relievers, like it's the it's the classic old relievers are volatile so you should never pay for them adage which first of all like even though there is some truth to that like again like we just said if the Mets can't develop them themselves what choice do they have they don't have any other choice um and secondly you know I just yes relievers are volatile but Edwin Diaz is like by far the best reliever in baseball right now and like I don't know how you can look at a dude who struck out over 50% of the batters he faced and be like, yeah, that contract in year five might be bad. <laughs> and like, okay, what else were they? Yeah. Like what else were they supposed to do? Their whole bullpen right now is Drew Smith. Literally Drew Smith and like set up a man, Steven Nagosik. That was the situation <laughs> that they were facing. So Closer you have Drew to Smith. start signing people either way. What were they supposed to do? I don't know. Like, I think that he thinks that they should just like pick up dudes off the scrap heap, but like that's how you get every Mets bullpen that they've had. (laughs) 
Like, <laughs> like I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's how you get, like, um, I don't even know, like, like freaking Kyle Farnsworth pitching, like, meaningful <laughs> innings. Like, this is the type of thing that or they've Frank done. Or Francisco is your closer. Right. Like, this is the type of thing that they've done in the past. Raymond like, Looper. <laughs> when you don't pay for high-end talent, like, that is what happens. I mean, if you think, I mean, I guess... If you if your thesis is that the Mets should just pay for every other aspect of their team and have like a bad bullpen, like that's not a complete team then. Like that's no. I don't know. It, it came to bite them, you know, literally in 2022 when they were a good team. Like they still had a weak bullpen aside from Edwin Diaz. Like did you not pay attention to the 2022 Mets? Like Edwin Diaz was like the one good part of that bullpen and Adam Ottavino to a certain extent, who they paid yeah. for, by the way. Who was a free yeah. agent? Like, I just like they yeah, they had no other options here. I mean, then bring back out of Vino and then like round out the bullpen with like solid dudes, and then you'll be fine because right. they literally have no other options. Yeah, like say what you will about giving a reliever a one hundred million dollar contract, but like what I ask you, what is your alternative? Like, what would you do, Keith Law? In the yeah. Mets situation, like what other choice do they have? And also just the entertainment value of it, too, that he brings. They're going to the Mets are going to sell one hundred two million dollars in fake plastic trumpets and make up the contract anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like people tune in like now just to watch him. Right. Or, like, exactly. They'll watch the S&Y videos just to watch him. And that has value. That has value. It does. And we know Steve Cohen likes that entertainment value now. He likes that the Mets are like, he wants to make them an event or, you know, to be fun. And that has its own separate value. People will buy Diaz jerseys because of that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like, I just, I don't know what you want, like. This is this it's is what the Mets should money, be doing. That's what... It's not your money. This is what the Mets should be doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like this is this is what they should be doing. And like, when guys want to be on the Mets, you should, and they're good at baseball, you should just pay them. <laughs> <laughs> That's very rare. <laughs> Pretty simple. Um, <laughs> it is worth noting, though the one the one notable thing, uh, and I'll kind of like circle back to this when we talk about like. Uh, what what options were picked up and who got the QO and who didn't and blah, blah, blah. But worth noting that this Diaz deal does have deferred money, um, which is something that is, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't want to call it like troubling or anything like that. I feel like that's a bit of, that's a bit hyperbolic to say. Well, Um, we have Edwin Diaz day, like we have Bobby Bonilla day. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know. I don't actually know how much of the contract is deferred. I haven't looked at the details. I just know that there is some money that is deferred. Um, now, like, I'm not saying that that like, oh, no, Steve Cohen is broke. Like, that is not what that means. (laughs) Um, but it might mean something for like how far over the Cohen tax he's willing to go, if at all. I mean, I hope he goes over it because the Cohen tax is like what? It's like 293 million or something like the Mets are going to need a bigger payroll than that in order to be competitive. Um, Like they need like 
I'm not saying they're going to spend this. They need a whole new bullpen. They need a whole new rotation. Right. Like, I'm not saying they're going to spend this much in the end, but they need, like, they need to run, like, a $350 million payroll? At least. Bare minimum. Like, they're probably not going to run that high, but they kind of do need that. And so I think that, like, that's why this deferred money is happening, because, like, Steve Cohen knows this. Um. Like he knows that the, he's going to have to run a pretty high number on the payroll in order to field a competitive team next year. Um, Especially if you want one of the premier free agents on the market, it's right. going to get pretty pricey, pricey right. pretty quickly. Right. Now, they don't have to replace the entire rotation. They do. Obviously, Max Scherzer's coming back. That was like the one guaranteed thing. Um, but they did pick up. Uh, Carlos Carrasco's $14 million option. It's really an $11 million option because it was a $3 million buyout or whatever. So um, they they did do that. So they have two like actual viable major league pitchers and then they have like Tyler McGill, David Peterson at all. Um, which uh, like we learned in 2022 that like those guys are viable to fill in for a while but they should not be penciled in as your like fourth and fifth starters right out the gate. That should not be a thing. They should be depth only. So the what Mets. About Lu- what about Lucchese? Lucchese. Also, I, I mean, gonna probably be on the roster unless like, unless he's like, you know, not ready or like, you know, has a setback or something, which I don't think, I think he was pretty far along in his rehab. Um, <laughs> bring the turf back he but, is viable depth he should be viable he at, is, like yeah. viable depth but again not we should not be penciling in joey lucchese <laughs> as the fifth starter as much I as know, i adore I the turf. um so that's you know three starting rotation slots now i mean i kind of like how you know they had they they like traded for bassett to kind of last year to fill the like one like so they that was like the big pitching move they did Max Scherzer is the big free agent signing and then they traded for Bassett is like okay like that's really good um mm-hmm. I feel like they kind of need to do like that level again they basically need to make like one splashy signing whether that's like bringing back to Grom signing Verlander something of that level and they need like a legitimate mid-rotation guy and then if they get and then if they get like a third guy to fill like that fourth fourth or fifth rotation slot it can be like a much lower tier but that's like what they they've got to make like three signings there was rumors connecting them to Rondone which i would absolutely i would absolutely take Rondone i mean that would be great um that would be on the splashier end yes they should, they should. have done it last year they should have done it last year, yeah. I mean, they traded for Bassett instead, and yeah. that ended up being fine. Yeah, um, fine. I mean, if he can stay healthy, then he that is an excellent option um, for them. Uh, I think, sadly, that would not happen in addition to DeGrom. It would be if only if DeGrom walks would they do that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, they're only doing one of the highest tier. Like, they're doing either DeGrom comes back, 
Yeah. Or then they're going to the the free agent market and they're going to pick one of the like top available guys and it's going to be like Verlander or Rondon or like I, I guess those are like really the only two like high end guys available unless they trade unless they make a trade unless um, they trade for Glass now Glass now I mean <laughs> uh, we'll get more on that we'll, absolutely do <laughs> we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I'm yeah. just making things up. Yeah, I, I mean, like you say that, but the Rays are making their pitching available. Yeah. Um, yeah, unless they trade for Glass now, or you know Shane McClanahan, also a Ray, um, or you know, or or somebody else of that tier it doesn't have to be the Rays. Shane Bieber, something mm-hmm. like that. They have a trade like that in them. Um, Shohei Otani also pitches. Yeah. <laughs> He would just um, put it all out there. Right. The Mets have the pieces to trade for Shohei Otani. And for anyone that doesn't include Francisco Alvarez in their trade proposal for Shohei Otani is clearly deluding themselves. Yes. Like, you have to include Francisco. I'm sorry. You have to. I love the, like, I my favorite, not my favorite time of year because – Anything to do with the off season is not my favorite time of year because it's not baseball season. But my favorite like off season, con- like recurring off season thing is the like the uh, the laughable trade proposals that people post, <laughs> and they make them in like they make like graphics for them, and it's yes. always hilarious. It's it's that meme. It's like I receive, you receive, like that meme, <laughs> like, and it's always ridiculous. Like. Remember when we were making fun of the Yankee fans about how they were like going to trade us like Miguel Andujar for Jacob deGrom? Like, that's what you all sound like. So stop it. (laughs) Yes. Like, you're not trading Drew Smith and Ronnie Mauricio for Shohei Otani. (laughs) Yeah. Like, come on. You're going to have to trade Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty. Or Mark Vientos. Mark Vientos. That's like, yeah, uh, like that's not going to happen. Um. But yeah, I mean, to fill out their rotation, they're going to need to get a little creative, especially if, you know, DeGrom walks. Eh. Um, I'm not I'm not entertaining that because I was driving the other day and Simple Man came on my Spotify and I started to cry and I'm not even going to think about it. Yeah, it's like, who knows what's going to happen? I so the so DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom and Taiwan Walker both officially opted out. So like. In order to bring either of them back, the Mets would have to sign them to new deals. And both of these were obviously expected moves, like not a surprise for either one. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Now, there have been rumors regarding DeGrom, like, on, like, there have been, the rumors on DeGrom have been all over the damn place. So there's been, like, there was an article, like, uh, a little while ago, and it was specifically, like, an article where Mark Canna was interviewed. I think it was Andy Martino interviewed Mark Canna, and Mark Canna was like, DeGrom loves New York, and he wants to stay here, and he loves me, Mark Canna. (laughs) And I was like, Mark (laughs) I don't know about that, man. I was like, Mark, I love you. I'm sure that Jake does enjoy having you as a teammate. And I don't think you're lying about any of this, but I don't know if I trust you about what Jacob deGrom thinks. I'm not not sure that Mark Canna is the leading authority on Jacob deGrom, but whatever. Um, So there was that article. I'm going to take it as a good sign that they were buddies. (laughs) You know, it's better than it not having, better than like Mark Canna not saying that, I guess. But um, like Jake wasn't just like disgruntled in the clubhouse the entire time. Sure. Like, it doesn't seem like that happened. Um, so there was that article, and then there was the rumor that Degrom had expressed interest in signing with the Rangers, um, which caused everybody to subsequently freak out. Um, now, I mean, like that would not be a surprise either. I think that, like, you know, it's no secret that Texas he would like that. That would be a good destination for him. Um, Will it though? Because they're terrible. Yeah, they're bad. Win there? Yeah, I think he does want to win, so I think that that's an issue. <laughs> like all these, I just don't understand where these rumors came from because he's not winning there, and he's so competitive. I just, I don't understand. Like, I, I think guess... he just like wants to play like in Texas, the state of Texas. Like, like I know they signed Zinger, but they're still really bad. They yeah, have the Rangers. The Rangers are a weird organization, man. Like they yeah. threw around a bunch of money last offseason and they were still bad because like they I don't know. They don't do it's very weird. Like cuz they don't do the re, we tried stuff. Like no. that's not their angle. Like they're not doing like a couple splashy signings to do a we tried the way that some like organizations who like try to delude their fan base into thinking they're trying do. The Rangers like legitimately think they're going to be good if they just sign like one or two good free agents. But then the problem is, is that there's nobody else on their and team. And they're in a bad, or they're in a bad division. They're in a tough division. Yeah, I mean they're in the Astros division. Yeah. So what? Are you really? Are you? They're nowhere close to competing with the Astros. Yeah. So I don't know. Um. But yeah, there were reports that he was interested in signing with the Rangers. I have no idea if those reports are like where those reports are coming from um because like keep in mind like you know we go through this every off season like there are always rumors and you have to bear in mind who you have to bear in mind who is tweeting what because that is usually indicative of where the rumors are coming from because like it's very different if like Ken Rosenthal or Jeff Passan tweet something versus if a spe- specific team's beat tweets something versus if you know, some fake Jeff Passan checkmark tweets something versus like, like some like kind of maybe reputable person who has sources, but they're not an actual beat reporter tweets something like there's levels here. Um, and it's oh, it's kind of always hard to discern because everybody has an angle, right? Like the player yeah. has an interest, like, and the player's agent has an interest in certain information getting out because they want it to be a leverage play. And the team 
has an interest in certain information getting out because they want to have leverage. (laughs) And then like other teams sometimes want information to get out. Like, I don't know if, so I don't, the Rangers rumor, I don't know if that's coming from like DeGrom and his agent trying to like power play the Mets and being like, look, uh, I want to play with this other team. Or if it's the Mets, like just kind of like doing a reverse psychology or if it's like the Rangers being like, look, he really wants to play here. Ha ha ha. Like who can say, who can say? See, like, I don't know if it's just me just refusing to believe that Jake will play anywhere else, especially on a bad team. I thought the Braves were more likely for Jake, but now it says the Braves aren't going after any of the top free agents. Yeah, the latest rumor on the Braves who like who were early rumors like that was that even predates the offseason. Like when Jake first kind of said it was his intention to opt out, everyone was like, oh, the Braves are going to sign him. The Braves are interested because like in in. DeGrom and all this stuff and now so it's the Braves fan growing up it's closer yeah. to home yeah they and, just seem to make sense and now it, and now the like they're the latest rumor regarding the Braves is that they're not spending big on like any free agents not just DeGrom because like they refuse to go over like 22 million dollars a year on like any free agent contract yeah they said they don't, might not even resign Dansby Swanson so yeah so because the Braves like whole thing is like we will we like sign our players to extensions like the second they debut with the team for one dollar. And that's like how they operate. But yeah, but what's the point of doing that if it's clearing money that you're not going to spend? Exactly. It's like weird. It's like, yeah, like, cool. You money ball. You like won at the money ball. But then that only is is like smart if you actually like supplement that core that you have locked down for cheap with like star other star players. Yeah, I mean they're good and they're gonna stay good. They're still so. gonna be good anyway, but they'd be a lot better if they had Jacob Degrom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but we're, it, we're not putting that in the universe. No, we're not. I mean, good. Like, do you don't want to spend over $22 million on, on a free agent? Great. Sounds good to me. Cool. Thanks. Um, so like it it's weird because like there I don't know if he wants like I don't know like what how much truth there is in like him wanting to stay versus him wanting to go, but also there's only like a few teams, like I don't know, and I have no idea if the Texas Rangers are one of them. Let's be real. There are only a few teams that are actually probably willing to give DeGrom the amount he wants. And the Mets are like one of like three or four teams that can do it. Like once you get into that stratosphere of player, it becomes like the Mets and the Dodgers and the Yankees and like, you know, like the Baltimore Orioles are not paying Jacob deGrom, <laughs> you know, $35, $40 million a year. No. They're poor, just not I mean, doing as much it. as poor Orioles fans deserve that. They would but, deserve it, but no. But not also, happening. they're just not... I mean, they went on that run last year, but they're not close enough where adding Jacob deGrom will put them over the top. Right. I mean, they could go completely wild and sign a few guys and that yeah. might put them over the top, but... I don't know. So, like, that's a situation with DeGrom. Like, I I don't want to, like, I, I, we've been on this journey with DeGrom before. 
And I like I was so emotionally exhausted by the end of it last time that this time around, I'm like refusing to get worked up about anything until it until either they sign him again or he walks like officially signed somewhere else until like I see the like Ken Rosenthal breaking official like I can't I can't get worked up about anything. No, I know. I just, just need to skip to, Simple Man on my Spotify when it comes on. Just have to let things fall where they may. Um, or just listen to Narco on repeat, because now yes, that we can celebrate Narco. We at least have that. Um, yes. In smaller moves that the Mets have done, they, in addition to picking up the option on Carrasco, they picked up the options on Daniel Vogelbach um, and John Curtis. Um, Daniel Vogelbach, uh, that was obvious. He's only going to make one and a half million dollars. I think, you know, I think they know that he's not going to DH every single day. Um, he bare minimum needs to be like a platoon guy. Um, but you know, one and a half million dollars for, you know, platoon alongside platoon DH is not that big of a deal. Um, and he was very popular and was, you know, a good player on the Mets. So I think that's kind of a no brainer. Um, and John Curtis, that option was always going to be picked up because they signed him last offseason to kind of a one-year deal plus an option, knowing that he was going to miss the entire 2022 season because of Tommy John's surgery. So that he has a cheap, like a $775,000 option for 2023, um, in which he will, in theory, be healthy. So he could be in the mix for the Mets bullpen um, for next year. So that the, those are smaller things that they did kind of around the edges. Um, and they just, just picked somebody up from the Yankees. Today. They did. Um, so today uh, was the so this is where it circles back to the race uh, a little bit indirectly. So today was the for the the deadline to protect to add players to your 40 man roster to protect them from the rule five draft. Um, if by the end of the day today you didn't add a player to the 40 man, then he would be exposed to the rule five draft. Um, so the Rays had like an excess of pitching that they, you know, all of these players were probably good enough to like be um, on the 40 man roster, but they just didn't have the 40 man roster space. So they were, they were a player to make some trades to try to get value back from those guys rather than just leaving them unprotected. And they would almost certainly get drafted in the rule five draft. Um, so there were some rumors that the Mets and the Rays might make a trade because the Mets were one of the teams mentioned by name that were checking in on Rays pitching. Now we haven't heard anything about anything materializing as of 9 30 PM when we're recording this podcast on Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a rumor that was floating around, but the Mets did pick up, uh, Steven Ridings from the Yankees, um, you know, in a like similar situation where Ridings would have been unprotected. So they picked him up and added him Can to I their. Say, I love that the Mets Twitter still goes New York AL anytime they mention the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Like the fact that they kept that going, I just, it's a small thing, but it brings me joy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the Mets claimed him off waivers today. Um, he he made five appearances with the Yankees in 2021 and pitched to a 1.8 ERA with seven strikeouts. Um, he had shoulder issues and missed all of last season. So this is kind of like they're just taking a flyer on a guy. 
um, who He's might a be dude. part of the bullpen. He's a dude. Um, the Mets had 40-man roster space, so they were like, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but like we said, they don't have a lot of options, so might as well start throwing yeah, stuff in the wall right. and see if anything sticks. But what's interesting is that they had a lot of 40-man roster space. They had like at least like I think like at least five slots on their 40 man roster. Um, and, but they didn't add notably, they didn't add Jake Mangum to the 40 man roster. So he will be subject to the rule five draft and is likely going to pick, get picked up probably. Um, so that would be the only notable loss, um, from being left unprotected as far as the Mets are concerned. Um, so I find that kind of interesting. I don't know why they did that. Um, but I mean, not that I think Jake. He's outfield depth, and like I know, yeah. Not that I think Jake Mangum is like any you know great shakes, but no, yeah. It is kind of odd that they did that. Um, you know, especially since you know they don't really have a center fielder right now. Um, but there are a couple of like leads in that direction. Obviously, the Mets like Degrom remain connected to they say that they remain in communication with Brandon Nimmo uh, just like they keep saying they're still in remain in communication with Jacob DeGrom I'm sure that that's true I'm sure they're in communication with both doesn't mean they're going to end up with them but uh, at least they're communicating with them uh, Nimmo reportedly does have a pretty robust market though which is not surprising um, the Mariners are among the teams that have been named that are interested in him um, you know, it's not surprising that Nimmo has many teams interested, like basically, you know, outside of Aaron Judge, he is the best like outfielder available. Um, and is gonna get a pretty sizable contract. Um uh, I don't know if he's going like I know that he's connected to the Rockies, but the Rockies aren't gonna spend that kind of money. Yeah, I don't know. The Rockies are I have stopped trying to understand what the Rockies are doing at any given time. So the Rockies are the weirdest organization to me. I never understand what they're doing. I mean, they signed no. Chris Bryant. They did that. They did. But then is that like, did that put them over their budget? And they're like, well, now we can't spend money for years now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what the Rockies are doing. They might sign Brandon Nimmo. Wouldn't surprise me. I mean, they'll still be bad, but at so, least hasn't Nimmo hit stuff. like 800 in cores? <laughs> <laughs> it feels that I mean, way, even if it's not true. Yeah, no, he would. He would be fun to watch there for sure. He did a lot of freaking triples in cores. Mm-hmm. He, like he led the major leagues in triples. triples. Yeah, somehow didn't with only like seven. Parker... Didn't he have an inside the park home run in cores? Yes. Yeah, I thought Yeah, so. he did. With his family watching. Oh, yes, 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 that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, so who knows what'll happen there? Um other kind of Mets rumors, uh players the Mets have been connected to. Mets are rumored to be it's speaking of center field, although th- this is a guy who the Mets are interested in uh Trey Turner. Um which yes, sign me up for that. I think Part of their thinking there might be if they if Nimmo walks and signs somewhere else, they might actually sign Trey Turner to play center field, um, which would be interesting. Um, or perhaps they... they will sign him to play second base and then yeah. Jeff McNeil move, move to the outfield and Starling Marte will play center field. Either one. Like, 
they kind of already hinted at that. Like there was this random article in the beginning of the year saying the Mets are open to Starling Marte playing center field. And it's like, okay, hmm. or I wonder why and you're saying that at this like, particular time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like the Mets are interested in Trey Turner. It's like, ah, oh, no, connecting the dots. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, <laughs> Trey Turner is one of those players that pisses me the hell off every time the Mets play him. It'd be so, great to not have to face him anymore and for him to be on our team instead. Yes. So it would be nice that we, <laughs> I wouldn't have to be enraged anytime the Mets play him. Yeah. Um, and that would be one deadly top of the lineup too. Yes, it would be. Man. Trey Turner with the stolen base threat. Yeah. Because I mean, as, as great of a leadoff hitter as Nimmo was, and he was a great one. The one thing he lacked was stolen base ability. I mean, he he had the speed. He had excellent yeah. sprint speed, elite sprint speed. Even I think he was like, uh, like ninetieth percentile uh sprint speed in in baseball last season, something like that. Um, yeah. But he just wasn't a very good base stealer. He didn't have good like base stealing instincts. Um, and he didn't like try all that often to steal. Um, Trey Turner, on the other hand, steals a lot of bases. So that'd be nice to have at the top of the lineup, uh, for sure. And can you that'd imagine him and Lindor on the base pass at the same time? And Starling Marte? Yeah. All three of them at the top. Yeah. That, that would be the one, two, three. Yeah. In the, in and the it, would be, it, it would, would be, be Trey Turner, Starling Marte, Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso. That's a hell of a one through four. And it would be a lot of fun to watch. That would be pretty dang nice. Um, I think that, you know, if... I think that, yeah, it's basically going to be one or the other, like either the Mets re-sign Brandon Nimmo or they let Nimmo walk and instead they sign one of the, the like they sign like Trey Turner either to play second base or center field, depending on how they decide to best use his skills or they sign like Carlos Correa to play third base. Like they, they will sign a major position player i think yeah they know they're lacking a bat they know they need us um with nimmo walking yeah they know they have a hole so i think that they will do that um and they know that they need a pitcher obviously or three they know they need a high-end starting pitcher and again like it'll either be they bring back jacob Degrom, or they go out and get justin verlander or they trade for Someone, Shane McClanahan, or they sign Rodone, or something like that. Somebody. <laughs> they still need a DH. I mean, they get, they have Vogelbach, but they need a platoon partner for him. Um, yeah. That's not named Darren Ruff. No, God. They, um, they cannot go in with a question mark at DH again. No, they can't. I mean, the terrible, like, fool's option that I don't think the the Mets... I hope they don't do this, but I could see them being stupid in doing this, is that they DH Francisco Alvarez again. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just and run out he- the three catchers on the roster. They have Alvarez, Nito, and McCann all on the roster, and they just DH Alvarez, which would be stupid, in my opinion. That would be stupid. But they might do that. Um, 
as far as other uh, names the Mets have been connected to, the Mets have shown interest in Andrew Heaney, um, who's basically like, like that's fine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's not surprising given the Epler connection. That would be like one of the, that would be like a lower tier. Like, I think that they know that that would have to be like in addition to bringing back yeah. to Grom or. You don't know. Him. That cannot be like your, like, he's not slotting in behind Scherzer. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Andrew Heaney is basically like fancy dog David Peterson, like, who has a <laughs> Billy Epler connection. So. That's not a surprising thing that the Mets are interested. And drum roll, please, Michael Conforto. (laughs) (laughs) Mets are interested in Michael Conforto. I'm not opposed to fine, whatever. But you can't pencil him into like the like a an everyday starting role at this point. His shoulder might just be a bag of sand. Is Schwarber a free agent? No, Schwarber. They, the Phillies extended him? I thought the Phillies signed him to, like, a very long-term deal when they signed him. Did they? Yeah. Oh. I thought it was a short-term kind of deal. No. It's like, oh. it's like he got, like, the Starling Marte treatment. Did he? Yeah, four years, $79 million. Oh, well, then never mind then. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's that's not a thing. <laughs> like, oh, there's your DH. No, no. I mean that'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, they they cannot pencil him, Michael Conforto, into a starting role. But like, sure, I'd no. take a flyer on him. Fine. No, whatever. I would too. Yeah, what difference does it make? At this Prove point? your shoulder is not a sandbag. <laughs> it's not held together with duct tape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and um. Also worth noting that uh, Japanese ace Kodai Senga has been scouted extensively by both the Mets and Yankees, and he's currently in the United States, like meeting with teams, I think. So that's another option. The Mets could decide that they are no longer allergic to the Asian market um, and actually do something there. Um, And Senga is not a guy who was like posted. He's just like a free agent. So they don't have to deal with the posting system and all that to sign him they can just sign him um i mean i don't there are people who know more about this stuff than i do that have talked about like whether sanga will like how his stuff will translate from uh from japan to the major leagues um and there's i think that there's like debate about that but it's it's another name that the mets have been connected to so yeah i just i don't know enough to speak on on his stuff like it's nice that they are branching out and looking at international free agents but i just i don't know and and like you know like we mentioned they have like three basically three rotation vacancies to fill they're gonna have to get a little creative somehow yeah um and that's one way to get creative with it so i'm not opposed to it um the other uh, Mets news that is like kind of breaking news just happened within the past hour or so. Um, Buck Showalter won NL Manager of the Year. Congratulations, Buck. Which is very exciting. Yes. Um, I mean, these awards are like kind of silly, but uh, like, it, like the 
more than any of the other awards, even like Gold Glove and all these other things, like the Manager of the Year award is very much like based on vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, the, it's like the vibes of the year award. <laughs> That's the, the name of this episode. <laughs> That's the name of this episode, Vibes of the Year. <laughs> um, and I mean, Buck Showalter had impeccable vibes. <laughs> There's no denying. <laughs> <laughs> the vibes were off the charts. Yeah, and especially because anybody who wins over Kalina Lindor is okay in my book. Exactly, and there's so like obviously the highlight of the whole playoffs was Kalina Lindor being like Papa, Papa, Buck, Buck, Buck. I I cannot even tell you how many times I've watched oh, that video. So many times, and of course they made a sequel video, which is fantastic. <laughs> When, when, you know, they announced that Buck won manager of the year, uh, Lindor recorded another video with his daughter and it's just as adorable and it's great. So that is giving fantastic. a thumbs up. And I mean, did like, you, you know, video, did you see the video before that when they were watching to see if Buck would get announced? No, I didn't. She has these glasses on and they're like light up glasses. Oh my and God. Amazing. And she's pointing to the TV and goes, Bach? Bach? <laughs> Bach? Oh, I love her. I It's it's so good. The vibes are so good. I mean, like, you know, like, were there some questionable decisions that he made, you know, tactically? Yeah, sure. Yes. But, like, were they any more or less than the median manager? I don't think so. And, like, as far as, like, a leader of his players and, like, the clubhouse vibes yeah. and, like, you know, how much his players are dedicated to him, it is clear that he is pretty peerless in that regard. Um, and so, even the Mets season, they did, I mean, obviously they bought in a lot of talent, but, you know, the season did a complete 180 from the past two years where they underachieved. Yeah. And so, I mean, they underachieved this year, too, but it wasn't until the playoffs that that happened. Well, I guess because they blew the division, but still. They won over 100 games. Like, they were doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very happy about that. I like Buck Showalter. And- yeah, I was going to say, he earned it. I mean, I don't think there's anybody who could really make an argument against against him i don't know who because you know um it's the off season and i don't really pay attention to baseball i don't know who he was in the running against i don't know who the three finalists were i just know buck was one of them right i mean like phillies fans will say that rob thompson should have been considered because you know obviously he turned the team around in a huge way but like the postseason isn't part of the consideration no. for the award. So, I mean, like, yes, he still turned the team around in the regular season, too. They were, you know, really floundering uh, before before he became the manager. Um, and obviously, that's why Girardi was fired. But I don't know. So, I like, Phillies fans will argue that he should have won. But they were a third-place team. Right. You know, like you still finished in third. Yeah, like we can't look at the postseason. You finished in third. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. 
<sighs> yeah. And there but are people her. that... Yep. Okay, well, at least give us this. We'll take this. Yeah, right. We'll take the wins where we can get them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there are people that are always going to argue that, like, the more tactical managers should be winning this. But I don't know. It's, it's the Vibes of the Year Award. Who cares? Yeah. And what the vibes you, were like, excellent. Are you really going to get that man that your manager did not win Manager of the Year Award? Like, there's other things to get mad about. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, in non-Mets news I suppose since the last time we recorded we the the season was not over yet we should discuss the World Series pretty briefly the Astros won the World Series in six games Um, yeah and so there are a few things that I want to note about it I mean so I didn't watch most of it I watched I watched uh, game six, the second half of it, and before the Jordan Alvarez homer that ended up being the game-winning homer. And that was a majestic shot. That was fantastic. Um, Like, objectively speaking, it was a good World Series. There was a no-hitter in it. Um, yeah. A combined no-hitter, which doesn't which count according counts. to Noah Syndergaard, who, <laughs> his team was... <laughs> yeah. Karma, Noah, karma. Yeah, that that was kind of karmic retribution uh, to say a no hitter, a combined no hitter doesn't count, and your team gets combined no hit in the World Series. Um, <laughs> in the playoffs, in the yeah. World Series, I think it was the first ever combined no hitter in the World Series. Yes, it was. Um, and so, and you know, like Dusty Baker got his ring. Um, yes. So there's that. Um, there was a lot of. I mean, there was a lot of, of course, there was a lot of like Astros cheating discourse. And I feel like the way that the broadcast and the way the whole World Series was like presented to us, it was almost like forcing us to feel some sort of way about it. Like it was like, oh, well, now you have to forgive the Astros because they have this clean World Series. So that erases all the sins. And it's like, Okay, like that would that would fly with me if anyone was actually punished for what happened. Yes. yes. But because no one was ever punished, that doesn't fly with me. It's like, no, we can't just forget about it because th- they won another one. <laughs> no, but I think they like they weren't punished, so they benefited from cheating. They still got to keep their World Series. They kept all their players. Nobody got suspended. Nobody was banned from baseball. So they right. stayed good. Like, so what will anybody learn from that? Nothing. Right. So, like, I don't know. I mean. Like, it validates that they're good enough to win without the cheating, which makes them cheating even more stupid. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Because, like. Yeah. I don't know. And, I mean, this, it was clear, it's clear to me that this Astros team is better than the, the, the cheating one. That Yes. This is a better, this was a better Astros team than the 20s. And I have to at least thank them on some level for eliminating the Yankees. And the Phillies. That hell. I mean, they beat the Yankees and the Phillies. So thank goodness. I mean, and for all the, for all the exhausting discourse that came out of the National League about the playoff format and the, and the three 100 win teams all went down too soon and all this stuff, the Astros, the best team in the American League 
just went ahead and steamrolled everyone and won the World Series. So what's like yep. enough, enough with the playoff format and da, 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 like win yeah, the games, yeah. win the games. That's what the Astros did. They just kicked the shit out of everybody else. I was going to say, like the Astros did it. What's your excuse, Dodgers? You are supposed to be the belt, the same as them talent wise. Simply win the playoff games. The Mets should have, if the Mets didn't want to get eliminated, they simply should have played better. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, it was, it was a good world series with like fun moments in it. That was like, I think good for the game objectively, because like it had, it had good storylines to it. Like it had kind of the, uh, this is going to make my mouth taste gross, but it had the Phillies as the Cinderella team and <laughs> the Astros, kind of the big, bad, cheating Astros. That was like the narrative and like most people, I think most neutral observers, which we can't call ourselves neutral observers because we no. hate the Phillies. But like most <laughs> neutral observers were probably rooting for the Phillies, but then the better team won in the end and there was a no hitter and the Jordan Alvarez homer was fun and there was like a lot of good stuff and like, you know the this playoffs in general i thought was actually if you like step back and like it's hard for me because like it was so painful for me the way the mets season ended to like look at this the rest of this playoffs objectively i mean we've talked about this before like neither of us watched it no Um, but (laughs) i I mean i know i know what happened in it and i saw highlights because like i'm on twitter and i see them um and like i see how other people are talking about it and i think that like for baseball fans, it was a good play. Like, the playoffs were good. Well, even, like, you know, I was in Cooperstown the weekend after the Mets got eliminated, and that was when the Mariners and Astros played that epic game. And Yeah, the, the 18 and- game. Yeah, and the Padres and Dodgers were playing, and that was when the Padres eliminated the Dodgers. So just talking to people in town... Too, like random people were like people in shops like um the baseballism store had the braves getting eliminated on as we were shopping in there and they were we were like oh, okay good if like we saw the final out like in this in the store in cooperstown we saw travis darnell pop up to i think he popped up to to you know eliminate the braves so then we just got to talking to the guy working the desk and he was like, oh yeah, I hope the Mariners win later. And then we're like, oh yeah, and the Padres have a chance to eliminate the Dodgers tonight. So it, like we said, like random people you could talk to who were invested in it. So, you know, like impartial observers seem to find it interesting, yeah, but it was even a good... if it like broke my heart to like talk about it. <laughs> It was a good playoffs, I think. Um, But something that's worth noting that I think like makes the Dusty Baker winning a ring like all the more like, you know, acutely felt, I guess, is that the 2022 World Series was the first World Series since 1950 with no U.S. born black players playing in it. Yeah. Which is like kind of I mean, it's it's obviously sad, but it's like kind of like like that's that's dumbfounding to me like that's not like how far like the the, how far of a step back is that for the game yeah we're going in the wrong direction man like that's just i mean i know we've talked on this podcast before about 
this issue and like this isn't the first time that this issue has been brought up about how you know african-american the african-american presence in the in the game is shrinking like the african-american player population which at one time was very very high yeah um, is shrinking like my dad talked about like you know my dad i was talking to my dad about this and he talked about like when he was growing up you know that like the mets like watching those Mets teams of like Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry. I mean, he was already an adult by the eighties, but like, you know, just like there were so many, there were so many prominent um, black players on the Mets and like yeah. all around baseball. And it was just like, it made, they made up like such a huge proportion of major league teams back in like the sixties, seventies and eighties. And now it's like been slowly shrinking ever since then. And now it's like a really small percentage. I think it's like 7%. Yeah. And I don't know what the answer is either. Like what's turning them away from the game? Is it just because it's too expensive to play? Is it because part of it, the wealthier community, like they invest in the wealthier communities. That's part of it. I think the way that the game is not marketed well is part of it. Yeah. Um, well, cause even like, you know, like maybe not marketing the players cause everybody knew how cool Ken Griffey Jr. was. Everybody right. mimicked Ken Griffey Jr. Everybody, you know, everybody wore their hat backwards. So I don't know if just baseball marketing in general, it just sucks. Yeah. I think it does. Yeah. Because um, it's like, you know, if you find a casual observer, nobody like, Everybody in the United States knew who Ken Griffey Jr. was, whether you watch baseball or not. Right. Somebody who doesn't watch baseball probably couldn't name like a single baseball player. Which is sad. I, I was talking about this recently um with uh our our lovely, lovely one of our lovely, lovely listeners, Jenny. Um, she teaches college in in Japan and recently had me on as like a guest to talk about like a guest lecturer in her in her class to talk about um sexism and misogyny in American baseball um but we also talked about you know a whole host of cultural like issues and one of the students asked me a question about like what I think about Shohei Otani and of course I was like I love Shohei Otani I I love I was like I love watching him play um but the the issue with the issue is that he should be a household name in America yeah. and he's not. Um, and that is, I think a travesty um, for the game of baseball. The fact that Shohei Otani should be as famous as LeBron James, yeah, but he's not even close um, to as famous as LeBron James. And I, that's a problem for baseball. I think. Yeah. Like he does stuff that like literally no other athlete could do. Like what other athletes play two positions that well? Like he should like be. It would be like in hockey, you're you you're the goalie and you score. Like yeah, that makes no sense. <laughs> like my mind right? can't wrap around that. It's like I mean, it would be like a football player, not necessarily like playing quarterback and like defensive lineman, but it would be like you know playing like it would basically be like you know like playing some like offense and defense as a football player like playing like being an elite wide receiver but also being a great defensive lineman like that's impossible yeah <laughs> but but Shohei Otani does the baseball equivalent of that basically 
it's amazing. He's basically, yeah, he's basically like the goalie one night, and then he's, you know, your elite sharpshooter on the power play the next night. <laughs> like, how is he not as famous as, like, Tom Brady? Yeah. He should be. He should be. So that's an issue. I mean, like, it's kind of a, it's a separate issue than, like, the the increasing whiteness of baseball, but it's, like, I think it's related. I think yeah. that marketing is a part of the problem um, because w- when baseball fails to like bring in new fans, all that all it falls back on is it's increasingly aging white fan base. Mm-hmm. And then the game starts to reflect that. Um, so, you know, it's a problem that I don't know how to solve really other than like market your game better and like, you know, invest in more like communities. Right. And make it more affordable to go to games too. Right. Jeez. Yeah. For sure. The average the average like cost of a family of four to go to a baseball game continues to rise. Yeah. At a ridiculous rate. Um baseball should be in this way. Baseball should be the most accessible sport to go to because they play so many games. Yeah. So it should be the easiest to go. Their minors were supposed to be more accessible too, because they were in, you know, and they weren't just in the big cities, so you could go to a minor league game. But then they contracted the minor leagues and like, like yeah. slashed the size of the uh, size of it. So yeah, so they just shot themselves in the foot that way too, right? Um, but in better news, in this kind of same arena, um, I mean, we talk all the time about how, you know, the game needs to look more like America. Um, and that we're talking about, like, not just, you know, we're talking about racial diversity. We're talking about um, gender diversity. Um, we're talking about um, underrepresented groups of all kinds. Um, and, you know, the the Marlins uh, just promoted Caroline O'Connor to team president. Um, which means the Marlins now have a women as the, as GM and team president. They are the That's first so team awesome. in major league history for that to be the case, which I is incredible. So yeah. And obviously Kim Ng is also a woman of color. Um, so that is fantastic. Um, and just like, this is the type of thing that is good news. <laughs> this yeah. is the type of thing where baseball is moving in the right direction. Obviously, you know, just hiring women won't magically fix everything. Um, and same goes for any any underrepresented group. Uh, just simply bringing those people into the fold without actually, you know, making a welcoming environment um, is not going to magically fix it. But it is a step in the right direction, at least. Um, so there's that. So that was a bit of good news this week. Um as well as the other piece of good news, which is that Dave Portnoy lost his defamation lawsuit against Business Insider. <laughs> LOL. We can always celebrate that. <laughs> yeah. LOL. Get absolutely wrecked. Um, so that was great news. Um, so, you know, a mixed bag. <laughs> As it usually is in baseball. As it usually is in baseball. There were good things and there were bad things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's early in the off season. There's really not much happening. 
yet. I mean, luckily the Mets are one of the few teams that can celebrate like a free agent signing, even though it wasn't really a true free agent signing in the sense that he just kind of like the Mets use their negotiation, exclusive negotiation period to bring back Edwin Diaz, but still, um, you know, it's it's really early. Yeah, it's something more than most teams have (laughs) so far. Um, But, you know, uh, really early in the off season, but um, hopefully the ho- hot stove will get a cook in soon enough. Oh, wait, we didn't discuss, I don't know if you know, that they're building a soccer stadium at Willits Point that just got announced. Yes, I did see that. Like, I didn't read the details of it, but I saw that that was going to be a thing. Yeah, they're building like a hotel and housing over there there so i'm guessing there's going to be you know the whole area is being developed it's not just the stadium they said it's going to be beyond the right field um behind the right field foul pole behind which is great i mean like yeah you know i can't so it's for it's for nycfc right yes that's who's gonna play there now yeah As a Red Bulls fan, I cannot bring myself to care about NYCFC, but (laughs) I, I am excited that they are building up that area Um, because it should be more like, you know, what makes part of what makes the experience of someplace like Wrigley Field great and fun is Wrigleyville is the area around the stadium and, and like being, PNC too and PNC being like packed full of fans and I mean to a certain extent this is true of Camden Yards as well it's not quite as like many like Wrigleyville has like many many bars all around it um Camden Yards is not quite as many there's basically like Pickles Pub is like the place that everybody goes but it's still just like outside the stadium there's like people are te- there people are teaming outside the stadium there's a whole atmosphere like that's just something that's completely lacking at city field because there's yeah. nothing around it yeah um, so to have something another stadium and hopefully maybe the and the hotel and hopefully maybe some more like bars and restaurants around would be really really awesome yeah it, it's been needed for a long time now. long overdue long overdue so um, hopefully the but let's keep the good vibes rolling. Like keep the good vibes rolling. I agree. Um, we need the vibes. We need the vibes. Um, speaking of keeping the good vibes rolling, this is sort of a programming note before we move on to walk off wins. Um, I want to note that we have an Instagram page now um, at a pod of their own on Instagram, just like we are on Twitter. Um, because <laughs> if you've been on Twitter at all, even if you're not on Twitter, I I think most people know at this point, um, yeah. a certain Elon Musk has Ooh. purchased Twitter.com, <laughs> um, and is doing his absolute best to ruin it. <laughs> and so, um, I mean, I don't know, like... Like there's a chance that the that the app could just totally go away, but even if that doesn't happen, I think that there's an even greater chance. Like yes, it could. There's a chance it could just get entirely nuked and go bankrupt or whatever. But I think that like the greater chance of happening is that like it'll just become like a shell of itself and nothing like what it was, um, and like basically everyone will leave. Um, so. We're we at a pot of their own uh, who conduct most of our like promotion and business and, you know, sharing of the show and interacting with you, our listeners. 
um, via Twitter.com uh, are, you know, coming up with contingency plans just like a lot of other people are. Of course, you will always be able to find us on AmazingAvenue.com. That is not changing. That will not change. Um, you will be able to find the show posts every week. You will be able to interact with us in the comments. Like, that's always going to be a thing. Um, but, you know, we are expanding, trying to expand our social media presence beyond just Twitter to other social medias uh, in case Twitter dies. <laughs> um, and, and we should be doing this anyway. Like, let's be serious. Yeah. Like, yeah. we should really be expanding our presence. Um, we want more ways to interact with you all and more ways to share content. So um, we are uh, over, we do have an actual Instagram. We are over there at, at a pot of their own, just like same as our Twitter handle. Um, and... We plan on potentially we're we're in discussions about this. Nothing is final, but we we plan on maybe making some other um, social media accounts, maybe a TikTok, something like that. Um, and we might start sharing content in new ways um, in the form of like small like we might do more video clips of the show if that is something that interests you all and share them as like Instagram reels or TikToks or something. Oh, God help me. I'm going to have to learn TikTok. Um, I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, stop making millennials to try to learn TikTok. Um, <laughs> but it's like it's like where this is going. Right. Um, and like a lot of a lot of popular, you know, podcasts do this, uh, do a lot of video content or at least like short clips of video content. So that's something that we're considering. Um, of course, we want to hear from you all about what you like, like and don't like. And if this is something that you want um, from the show, if you want short, more like video content, like hit us up. Um, we'd like to hear your feedback about this because this is like kind of a whole new world for us. So uh, we're we're kind of venturing out into the wild, wild west of other social media. <laughs> so um, like feel free to hit us up like you can DM us on Twitter or Instagram at a pot of their own or you and can keep in mind we're not Gen Z here. <laughs> we're not Gen Z. Um, but I'm willing to try to learn. Um, yeah. So you can, uh, yeah, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at a pot of their own. You can email us own at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you about like what you think we should be doing in the like other social media space content wise. Um, yeah, because we are not like, I like to say, I, I mean, I, being being chronically online uh terminally online and being a social media expert are not actually the same thing even no. if i want to tell myself that they are <laughs> yeah then absolutely not <laughs> like i really am just like like i have like personal facebook and twitter i mean uh personal facebook and instagram accounts but they are like not for public consumption they no. are like strictly for like people i know my twitter my twitter twitter is really the only like public facing like social media stuff i do so like yeah i'm like if i start making like instagram reels and tiktoks and stuff like that would be like new stuff for me but uh, we are willing to try it if it's something that people will like if it's because we don't want to lose our community like no we don't want twitter going down to affect this show that would be like heartbreaking for us like we want to keep making shows we want you guys to keep interacting with it with shows we want to keep making content that you guys enjoy consuming especially for like the next dollars for dingers too exactly like Dollars for Dingers being successful has been very, very dependent on Twitter. Um, it has. So I, I am nervous about that. I am too. <laughs> I am nervous about that. 
Um, I know it just ended, but you know, we got to think about these things. Exactly. We're like, you guys, uh, like y'all don't realize like the second dollars for dingers ends, we start playing the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Um, so like, you know, we'd love to hear from you about what you think about all of this, because like, you know, we're, we're kind of like brainstorming and like in a new, uh, realm with all this stuff. So love to hear from you about it um yeah because we especially don't want dollars for dingers to suffer just because of elon musk that would be a a giant crying shame (laughs) yeah we can't let can't let him take that away from us no that would be terrible that Um, would be a tragedy it truly would be tragic so yeah that's just like a little programming note um any feedback you have we we welcome it um, but in the meantime, we will finish the show like we always do with walk-off wins, where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Linda Surovich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Um, well, my walk-off win um, kind of ties into what we were talking about. Um, I was at work, and the um, the schools were having an art show at our um at our in our community room and a gentleman walks down and i'm at the desk and he goes oh i'm a local author um so i was just wondering how i would get my book you know in the library here and i was like oh okay cool um and he was like where do you water from so i told him he was like oh it should be available your mom and my book's there so and he was with his daughter and I was like, okay, I'm like, uh, I got no problem. I'll order it right now. <laughs> so I log in and he's like, oh, it's not coming out until January, but it's there. You can pre-order it. So I was like, okay. I'm like, what's the title? And he goes to Pepper Plays On. And so I put it in and it's about a girl playing baseball. I was like, oh, what? I was like, yes. You know about a girl playing baseball? This is like, the content. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh my God, like this is right up my alley. So I looked to the girl and I was like, oh, so are you going to be the first girl who plays in Major League Baseball? And I was like, is this book about you? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, and are you going to be the first girl who plays in Major League Baseball? And she was like, yeah. So then he goes, oh, tell her what team you want to get drafted by. And she goes, the Yankees. I was like, oh, you just broke my heart. (laughs) But... But then, then he was like, oh, yeah, I've been on MLB Network. I've been on Yes. I've been promoting the book. I've been talking about it. So then, obviously, you know, I was like, oh, I have a podcast. <laughs> so so we chatted. So I got his information. So hopefully we can have him on the show um, soon-ish. Um, we would love but, that. Yeah. So because I was like, this is totally right up our alley. Like, it was this like, is exactly what we want. Yeah, and so on his website, it was all girls holding the book and taking pictures with the book. Ugh. And I was like, oh, my God, my heart. my heart. Oh, like my heart was like bursting. Like, this is what we want. This is, you know, that's like the future, you know, female fan. This is, you know, what, what you know, what Kim Ng strives for. And um, so I was like, oh, my gosh. So like, it was just, it was just perfect that, you know, he came in that day because his daughter had an art show in the in the library and you know and he just happened we just started chatting so it was, it was it was just perfect and um so yeah the book comes out in january but obviously we'll i'll probably work to get him on this show but before that so 
Yes, Moot Game will probably be, I'm probably previewing a future show. Get excited, everyone, for some off-season interview content. Yes, and he said he would do a book reading at the library, so I thought maybe, you know, closer to baseball season, I can do a program at the library with him and, and the kids, so... So yeah, I was like, oh, it wasn't the fact that it was baseball. So it wasn't softball. Like, yes, it was. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, it was just. It was perfect. And so then I was like, after they left, I was sitting there trying not to cry. (laughs) Amazing. That's professional. (laughs) But uh, so that was my first walk off win. My second walk off win was isn't really mine, but um, you know. I randomly get a text from my sister and it's a picture of her and David Boreanaz. David Boreanaz. Who she's loved since Buffy. Like we shared a room as kids, her wall, her ceiling. It was all David Boreanaz, her side of the room. My side of the room was all Freddie Prince Jr. And the common denominator ended up being Sarah Michelle Gellar. (laughs) 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 So Sarah was on both sides of the room. Um, So... Her husband's aunt is the athletic coordinator of Ithaca College, and apparently they have a big football game every year between Cortland. So it was the being held at Yankee Stadium. So they were in a suite because um, her husband's aunt got them on the suite. And since David Boreanaz is an alum of Ithaca College, I guess he decided to go to the game, too, because he was in town for the Veterans Day Parade. There you go. Because he was in the Veterans Day Parade. So then I guess he went to the parade and then went to this football game in um, at Yankee Stadium. And then so, yeah, so I was just so happy for her because I, I looked at the picture. I'm like, you're crying. And she goes, is it that obvious? <laughs> well, like, just, uh, you know, like, this is literally somebody she's loved since, like, since she was 12 years old, like, meeting your, your hero, basically. So that just. I was just so happy for her that, you know, it would be like me meeting David Wright. Like, I would just burst into tears if I ever met David Wright. That's very exciting. Yeah, so I was I was so happy for her. And, like, she was, she's still on cloud nine about it because she was like, you know, if I didn't say anything to him, I would have regretted it. And so she said he was really super nice. She was like, oh, a picture? Sure, no problem. And, like. She was like, it would have broken her heart if he was, you know, mean about it. But she was like, he was super chill, really nice. And so, yeah, so I was just really happy that she, I was like, of all the people she could have randomly ran into at a football game, it was like, you know, her, her childhood first love, basically. I was like, it was just, it was perfect. So I'm very happy that she got to meet. David Boreanaz, but then when she posted on Facebook, everybody was like, "Oh yeah, Booth from Bones." I was like, "No, he was Angel from Buffy first. <laughs> <He> <laughs> so get out of here with Bones. <laughs> Bones, please, please. <laughs> I thought everybody knew him from Buffy, but I guess not. No, I, I don't know. I mean, so I, I told you and Kellyanne this yeah. when you first told me. <laughs> <laughs> about the Boreanaz run in like the way I know David Boreanaz I mean I knew who I know who he is but I have not seen any 
any of the stuff he's been in, even though I know of all of it. I obviously know what Buffy is. I know what Bones is. Um, but like <laughs> I've not watched these things. So to me, David Boreanaz, like when I think of David Boreanaz, the first thing I think of is not Buffy or Bones. It's the episode of Bojack Horseman where <laughs> they make Bojack's house into the David Boreanaz house. It's an incredible episode for people who haven't watched it or Bojack Horseman in general, just like highly recommend. It's basically like the bit is that like a, a random tour bus like drives by Bojack Horseman's house and they they think it's David Boreanaz's house. So all the people start taking pictures of it. They're like, "Ooh, David Boreanaz's house. And they're and um, Bojack isn't home. Uh, and so it, the person who's there is his roommate, Todd, and his roommate, Todd, is like, this isn't David Boreanaz's house. And they're all like, oh, and then they kind of start to go away. And he's like, but maybe it is. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and, and then they start, they, they're like, cause like one of them goes like, I would pay $10 to see David Boreanaz's house. And, and he's like, you would, then it is David Boreanaz's house. And, they're like, yeah. <laughs> and so then he like, while Bojack Horseman is not home, his roommate, like starts a whole David Boreanaz house, like, exhibit inside his house because people think it's David Boreanaz's house and he like it makes people pay money and he just like tapes pictures of David Boreanaz over all the pictures of Bojack inside his house it's amazing it's so funny and so it's just like yeah like halfway through the episode it's like David Boreanaz's house that'll be $70 <laughs> oh it's perfect that. It's That's historical. Uh, Bojack Horseman. And also, fun fact: his dad was the local weatherman in Philly for many years. So he was my dad's. Um, he was my mom's weatherman for quite a long time. See, when you have a name that rhymes with Borealis, I feel like that's an excellent weatherman. <laughs> but he he had a stage name, and his name was Dave Roberts. Oh, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess like in maybe that's what led him to become a weatherman, and just had to change it when he became you know on TV. Because yeah. I think he was like, he thought it was like too hard to pronounce or something. I don't know. Oh, come but, on. Uh, yeah. He should have your son had no name. issues. Come on. Should have used his real name. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, my walk off win is that I was in New York City over the weekend um, to celebrate my friend's birthday, which was very fun. Um, and we had a really nice time. We went to um, we went to karaoke. Um, and I haven't been to karaoke in a really long time. And so I had a really great time. It was just really nice. I, for, for something that folks might not know about me is that I am a reco recovering choir kid. Um, like I have sung in choirs for like basically my entire life from fourth grade all the way through grad school, like continuously, um, I sang in choirs. And so like, it's been a while because, like, since grad school, since I graduated grad school, I haven't really, like, sung at all in any sort of organized way because, like, when I was no longer a student, there wasn't really, like, a built-in way for me to find a choir. Like, I would have to, like, go out and, and find, like, a choir in the community, and it's just, like, not something that I've done um, since moving to D.C., plus, like, the whole, like, first two years of me living in DC was like peak pandemic. So like choirs weren't really happening even. Um, and so it's just kind of been a thing in my life that like I haven't had in a while has been singing something that's been a part of it for my whole life basically. And so just like as a recovering choir kid, 
Um, I really enjoy karaoke nights because it lets me get that out of my system. <laughs> so that was really fun. We like had pizza. We went to karaoke. We went out to the piano bar afterwards. So I basically lost my voice because I spent the entire night singing because we were at karaoke. And then we went to a piano bar and they basically <laughs> like at the piano bar, they basically played all the same songs that we just sang at karaoke. So we were just like <laughs> belting them all over again. <laughs> it was amazing because they like, at the piano bar, they like fully leaned into the millennial. Like they did like, oops, I did it again. They oh. did like, oh, it was like so good. Um, yeah, you can't turn that down. They did Green Day. They did um, like uh, they My Chemical Romance. Like- I was like, oh, I'm having my, I'm, I'm living my best life right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my element. I am truly in my element. Um, so that was, it was a really nice, it was a really nice weekend and I had a great time and my friend had a fantastic time. So happy birthday, Kathy, even though you're happy a Phillies birthday. fan. Um, but, but my, it was funny because Michael said he wasn't, he was like, Kathy, I'm not coming if the Phillies win the World Series. And <laughs> And they didn't win the World Series, so we 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 went. <laughs> it was safe. <laughs> it was safe to go. Um, so yeah, it was just a really nice weekend. So it was um, it was really a fun time. So that was nice. Got to got to sing, got to dance with my friends. It was great. Um, while you wait for more Mets rumors to materialize, you can go to amazingavenue.com check out all of our fantastic content. We still have our season review series going um, where we review each of the um, players on the Mets roster and how their each of their respective seasons went. So you can check that out. Obviously all of the latest rumors, we will have uh, have those for you um, as well as our daily um, news posts and everything else. Go to amazingavenue.com. You can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram at a pot of their own you can follow each of us on twitter i am at petite phd where are you linda at linda Surovich. you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from amazing avenue audio please rate and review the show it really helps people find it the original intro and outro music to this podcast is by bunga let's go mets and don't forget there's no crying in podcasting